Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beach Talk number 72. This is the Beached White Male Podcast, and my name is Ken Kemp, your host. So glad to have you here for Season 3, Episode 13. I've got Carla here, and you know, she's experiencing this Midwest winter storm. And by golly, listen to what happened to her. I did. I I walked over to... uh my grandbabies that they live on an alley and and but there were icy patches i was kind of gingerly maneuvering and boom down i went i wasn't hurt i'm a pretty good faller so i i fell smartly so there i sat and i was sitting in this freezing kind of puddle of water luckily i wasn't far from their house so, yeah, my daughter came out and she was really upset. And then my son-in-law came out holding the baby. It was like, you know, here comes the cavalry. Oh, that's right. Here comes the cavalry. Well, Carla survived and she's with us. And we're going to have another beach talk today. Of course, this time of year, especially when you're falling down on the ice, which is not hard to do if you've ever lived in that kind of country And you know those slick sheets of ice out there on the sidewalk and in the driveway. Well, let's just face it. It's not time for the beach. This time of year, we've come to think of our talks as a fireside chat. And I'm so glad you've joined us. If you're with us for the first time, welcome. I want you to know that our weekly beach talk is an opportunity for us to kind of review the events of the week. Carla has a unique and insightful perspective on that, and I just love my talks with her. So welcome to our regulars, welcome to our patrons, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation today. Yes, and at this time of year, we've we've come to think of these talks as a bridge over troubled waters. I love that song. I, I love the message that it carries because we're in troubled times. This week, we're going to talk about that scary moment when Carla fell down. We're also going to talk about the Super Bowl and that halftime show. We're going to talk some politics. We're going to talk about that accounting firm that's just had it with the former president we're going to talk about that national treasure, Ken Burns, and a book that Carla's been reading that she just loves about FDR and a woman named Lucy. And finally, we're going to talk about an ice fisherman out there catching fish in the middle of winter on a big sheet of ice in Ukraine and a conversation he had with a New York Times journalist. So as always, when we approach our conversation with Carla, We just want to get in the right frame of mind because this is a safe place for honest talk, to share what you really think about the things you hear and see. It's a time to to listen, to learn, to express ourselves without the fear of being judged or criticized or get caught up in one of these endless debates that just goes on all around us. It's time to kick off our shoes and have a good talk. Let's see if we could find Carla in. Hello? 
Carla. Carla, it's Ken. Hi, Ken. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. I had a I had a nice walk, but you know what we we had we actually had lightning and thunder last night, and the, and and hail came down to like two thousand feet in the middle of the night. We had a cold snap, and uh, and I, it's so unusual. But uh, we're we, we're getting a little moisture, but we need more. Um, how about you? You still have uh, still have snow on the ground? Oh yeah, and a lot more to come tomorrow and uh, today. Uh, I have more to snow. Yeah, we're getting more snow tomorrow, and I'm. This is funny. I am so overdue for a haircut and, frankly, a color because I remember I'm the bleached blonde female. The bleached blonde female. Yes. And so, I I need to go to my salon, and I've already rescheduled once, and I'm going to probably grab an Uber in in the snow and. Uh, but uh, come blank or high water, by golly, I'm, I'm going to get there. And it was kind of the same for me today. The day was a little Did you get milder, outside? Did you get I outside? Did. I, I did. I, I walked over to uh, my grandbabies. They nice. live on an alley. And, and But there were icy patches. Uh-oh. And so, yeah, I was kind of gingerly maneuvering and Boom, down I went. Oh, I wasn't hurt, oh, especially Carla. just, yeah, yeah, I'm a pretty good faller, so <laughs> I, I fell. Well, I, lear- I learned to fall playing football. I'll you know, bet you, you did. Yeah, you gotta, when you're <laughs> playing football, you gotta, you gotta be careful how you go down, and you go down often. And, uh, yes. and I've also been in the ice, and I know how slippery that can be. And, and you know, once you lose your traction, I mean, you got nowhere to go. That right, and so there I sat, and I was sitting ah, ah. in this freezing oh, no. kind of puddle oh. of water, and 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 luck, luckily I wasn't far from oh. their house, and so I'm not laughing. Uh, by the way, I'm not laughing. Yeah, no, don't I, don't you I dare. Can, no, and, I guess I can laugh because you know at least you're here talking no, to me, no, weren't you, it? You, no, okay. you can't. Look. Okay, I'll t- I'll, because, I'll do my it, best. It hurt. I'll do my okay, best. Thank you. I'll do my anyway, best. Anyway, <laughs> so so yeah, my daughter came out and she was really upset, and then my son-in-law came out holding the baby. It was like you know, here comes the cavalry. And, ah, that's uh, sweet. So that they is sweet. Escorted me. I know it warmed the cockles of my heart and my son-in-law. They care. Made, they care. They yeah, they he made me a cup of English breakfast. No tea. way. Yeah, because he said, uh, "Are you hungry?" And I said, "No." I said, "But, but a hot drink, maybe some tea." So that was and really boom, good. there it was. And and yeah, and I I did need to sit, which was good for holding little Lucy Lark. And <laughs> you know, I still frankly feel a little shaken up, but uh, I I think for the first time. I've been thinking, I wish that we lived somewhere where <laughs> the there beach, wasn't. The beaches sounded good. The beach, yeah, the beach is a kind balmy, of sounding, Yeah, with yeah, dry, dry a, streets and blue sky, you know, little right, fluffy right. clouds that don't, don't yeah. Right. That's, that sounds 
pretty good. And I always say, well, I love seasons, but it's <laughs> like, okay, I, you know, you can go, you can always travel somewhere. I don't know, you know, who, who, who knows, but, uh, I, I guess I just need my California fix once a there year you go. to come well, see you guys and, yep. and see the Southland and I, I love it out there. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I, I think it's probably fair to say that almost every place on planet Earth has its seasons of just wonder and joy and then other seasons of kind of dark, uh, darkness and long nights and gosh, I'd love to get out of here. And, it's and true. I mean, for for yeah. us, it's the it's the heat of the summer. You know, we, we yeah, we, it yes, just gets it just gets so hot, and it just doesn't right. stop. And and um and I'm I think I I think I picked this up from growing up in the Midwest, but I sweat like crazy. So you know, when it gets hot out here, I can't go anywhere without uh, you know having these big rings under my armpits, and you know my <laughs> hair gets all wet. And it's just, you know, and I'm thinking there's got to be a better place to live. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, I think that's probably true just about everywhere, you know, and we, we, yeah. we visited, um, my sister when she lived in Stockholm and, um, and we went in the summer and we, ha and we had these spectacular summer days in Sweden, um, but you know they lived there for five years or something, and uh, and we did hear about those those long long those long nights. dark nights, yes. and you hear and you hear about the depressed suicidal yes. Swedes, and the and, therapists uh, are all yeah. so busy you can't get through to them, you know. Uh, and then you put a little uh, candle in the window, just kind of trying to brighten things up a little bit. But it, you, yeah. we have our seasons, don't we? We do, we do, and uh, I I love where I where I live and and the colorful fall days and the summer is absolutely it. We get hot, but it never lasts, and it's it's just gorgeous. And spring is it's not like spring in like the D.C. area or the southeast, but it'll it'll do mostly because it's not winter, but. You know, speaking of seasons, the NFL season is over, and yes. how about that Super Bowl? Yes. Well, I wanted to say one more thing, Carla, and that is yeah. that I'm just really glad that uh, that your kids didn't patch me into the emergency room while you're sitting there, you know, well, in a cast you. in a cast yeah. doing another beach no. talk from a hospital bed. No, <laughs> so glory I'm, to God, no. I'm glad no. you're okay. Yeah, I'm glad you're. Yes, yeah, Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Was that uh, was that an amazing game? And the Rams came through right at the end. It, it, you know, I was so glad that it was a real game. It really it it, it was back and forth. You know, the it whole time it kept us back interested. And forth. I know exactly. And at at, at one point, uh, like maybe around the third quarter, I thought, I don't know how this is going to turn out. This could go either way. Yes, and, it uh, could. Yeah, and nobody was really scoring that much except a couple of times. And I thought, and I was thinking, oh, I, 
I don't know. I, I think Burrow seems sort of arrogant and cocky, and I don't I don't care for him. So he'll he'll have his chance. And yeah, so well, they, really they you know they played well. They Stafford. yeah they they fought well, and it you know and I'm I'm no real expert, but you know it did feel to me like it was really kind of a defensive game. There were there was a lot of strong defense, a lot of sacks, uh, you know, and there wasn't a lot of running. That just couldn't they just couldn't find an open space. They could right. I, yeah, and and you could say something about Sean McVay, the Rams coach, who kept calling these running plays, and it's and it's like come on, and they weren't going just, anywhere, right, right, <laughs> exactly, and they weren't going anywhere. So it's like, oh my gosh, have number nine throw it to number ten, and we'll all be happy. But there were strong uh, performances. Um, uh, yeah. Cooper Cup earned that MVP. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, he's just a he magician. Sure he's a wizard out yes. there. How he gets he loose is. and how he catches the ball and then how he moves after he gets the ball. It's just it's just so much fun to watch. It I was watching in that last, you know, the touchdown catch and you see him and he catches it and he holds <laughs> on to it and then he gets pushed to the ground and he's still holding on to the ball. He ain't letting go of that. <laughs> did you hear him interviewed after after the game? It, it was so funny. I did. I mean, he just yeah. he he was speechless. He just couldn't say anything. He it was like, right. well, um, I, I I I I don't know what to say. This is my this is a dream come true, you know. And, and what what a great group of guys. You know, he was just kind of going on trying to find something to fill the air but what what an amazing performance from a football player from up there in the pacific northwest right exactly and then here's aaron donald the great uh oh yeah i love that guy player and uh (laughs) you see him after the game and he's speechless and he just keeps crying i mean he just (laughs) and 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 they're asking him questions and he's like i don't know Yeah, well, you but, realize how much uh, how much pressure these guys put on themselves to to, to you yeah. know to play at, at that level in that kind of in that arena. Uh, it's uh, it, it's really something else. But whoa, did you catch that uh, that awful thing that happened to Odell Beckham? Yes, yes, and it it was a non contact injury. He catches the ball and then. He just goes down, and that was so that weird. Was, I, you know, I, th- I thought, you know, he always he he doesn't miss. You know, the ball was Stafford put the ball right in his hands, and right. and it was just a routine catch for him really on the was. outside. Yeah, and then yeah. I see the ball pop out of his hands. And I thought, what in the world? And right. then, of course, when we saw the replays and realized, you know, how he turned on that knee, and it just oh. popped, and then he was just in agonizing pain. I, Right, and you see him on the side, and uh, it, it and just uh, hurting so much. And he had found a sort of redemption with with the Rams, and plus he's a heck of a a player. And you know the commentators were saying they weren't sure what the Rams were going to do now because I mean they have other you know running backs and and I mean in addition to Cup they have other options, but. Uh, you know, what do they call OBJ? He, he's still really, really good. So, yeah, it was just kind of one thing after another, but definitely 
kept your interest and, and then, what did you think of the halftime show? And then, show? of course, we got the halftime show. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. bring that up. Uh, well, you know, I, I think... I think the halftime show of the Super Bowl, more than just about anything else during the year, m- makes me realize that I really am as old as I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I remember that, you know, when I felt like getting up and dancing and stuff. <clears throat> so I have to, I have to just kind of remind myself that this is not my world. Um, uh, I, I, I don't really, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Eminem, you know, I can't sing along. I don't really know the lyrics. Well, and you're not kind of not supposed to, but I know my millennial daughter was, was going nuts because she said, this is, <laughs> yes, I, I remember yes. dancing to, to this in college and yes. because these are, and the other thing that's, that's so funny is i remember when snoop dogg was this real sort of scary menacing (laughs) black rapper and now he's sort of become this beloved family favorite hosting (laughs) the puppy bowl with martha stewart i mean how innocent can you get? So there you go. He's 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 been really, <laughs> really smart with with his. I mean, I think he's a really sharp guy. Yes, and, uh, and you know, I and, get I I learn more from reading than I do from you know from really understanding the the music and the genre. You know, like right. I, I I love this guy Michael Eric Dyson, um, who who oh, talks yeah, eloquently. Yeah, he talks eloquently about. <laughs> the uh the power and the influence of hip hop uh, yeah. hip hop uh and and so you know that's what i see and then of course uh you know i had to call my my uh friend osahan and and we chatted about the halftime show and he just absolutely loved it you know you can imagine uh he was totally into it but you know he's a strong christian too and he's kind of watching the uh, you know the the twitter feed and and sure enough, you know these uh, these uh, hyper conservatives that uh, that he knows about uh, were out there tweeting about how terrible it is that the NFL is you know is accommodating black culture to such an extent. It's a way an exaggeration and it's an insult to us white folks. Blah blah blah. And um, <laughs> but but you know that's kind of what was going on I think and 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 I think it probably was important to do because uh, the NFL does have a PR problem. Oh, they do Ab- absolutely. And what one black coach, Mike Tomlin, yeah, in Pittsburgh. And I'm I'm just happy that uh, the Bears did hire uh, Ryan Poles, their new. I guess general manager and from, from the chiefs and he's easy, a young black man. And, uh, the, and Tony and, Dungy course, is, another, and, is another guy. Yeah. Tony Dungy was. And, and of course now, you know, Lovey Smith got a job. Um, he's now going to coach the Houston Texans. And, and of course uh, he and, and Dungy are friends and he was the coach of the bears during their last Super Bowl in 2007. Yeah, I think I, 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 I think if I heard it right, um, you know, 70% of NFL yes. players are black. Yes. And so yes. when you look at the representation in the ownership and in the, uh, you know, upstairs and, and, and then the head coaches, it's really right. not right. It just isn't it's, right. It just isn't right. And you've had 
the Rooney rule where you yes. have to interview uh, a person of color for for the the position and it it just uh yeah they have been just so so slow and uh but the, you know that again back to the the halftime show did you notice Eminem Neal Yes I did see that I did see that. I thought that was so, yes. and he, you know, you know, he'd been told not to. So, <laughs> yes, yes, so yes. It, it just uh, is so powerful, and I do. I I would say of, of all all the 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 music, I guess, I guess you call it. I do. They lose yourself is very powerful. Yes, and uh, and the lyrics, and he to me as a white guy is almost like you know, the ultimate kind of scary rapper. Like I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. Well, you know, part of the fun is, uh, you know, we're doing our table talks and our whole uh, session, not, not, not this week, but the week before was about the influence of African-American music on American culture. Uh, and, uh-huh. and, and it is powerful. I mean, it is, it's really strong. And I, you know, I look at a guy like Eminem and I think, okay, there's a white guy, but guess where he got all his moves and his, right, you know, his, exactly. his entire career. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's, it, it's all there, but it's way bigger than that. And, and it, uh, I, I think it behooves us to recognize the, the gift that's been given to us, the influence of African Americans to our whole musical culture. And even beyond that, it's for you real. Know, I it's funny. I was thinking about that just the other day and I started thinking because someone talked about how Prince probably had done the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. So I, I thought about him. I thought about Aretha Franklin. I thought about Michael Jackson. Yeah. I thought about Tina Turner. I thought Lionel about Richie. Wonder. I thought about Lionel Richie. I thought about Jimi Hendrix. In other words, these black, these incredible black artists who are like giants of of music who just, there are very few white. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And I I don't want to get into the weeds on this because I could with music, but uh, some of the most outstanding white musicians uh, are um, in bands. And, and that's kind of what they did. But the the, so, the solo entertainers, oh my 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 goodness, uh, you 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 can't touch them. So where would we be? Yes. Without black music, which basically undergirds white music anyway, and uh, we'd we'd still be singing some kind of little 19th century ditty or ballad or yeah the th- I the, don't. the thesis of and this came out of uh, the, the 1619 project but the thesis there was that um, uh, that um, America was looking for a unique musical style that differentiated itself from Europe you know and I, I yes. remember the same thing going on in architecture you know, where so much of American architecture in the early days was a, a, a copy of European yes. architecture. So how do we have an yes. American... And same thing was going on with music. And the thesis yeah. here was we can thank African Americans for giving America a unique style that is truly American. 
And I, right. I, I, I like that. Um, well, you know what? I don't want to talk too much about it, but I got to bring up the Olympics because we, you know, we talked about it last time. I have to say that, uh, you know, sometimes it can get a little, a little long and a little dull watching the same thing over and over again. But yeah, we've been catching the speed skating and the figure skating and watching the dance, uh, ice dancing and, you know, Karen Chin, and then the, this all this controversy over this uh, beautiful, this poor girl, 15 years old, this Russian, Cam- oh, yeah, Camilla right. Valdieva. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they found some kind of drug violation in December um, that has, that a lot of people think should disqualify her. And then I think to make matters worse, the, the, the Russians have come up with some kind of an excuse or explanation that, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, but it's it's so sad because she's just an incredible talent. She's an amazing talent. Yeah, I didn't see her, but I have heard something about the controversy. Like she said that she t- took her grandfather's heart medicine. I mean, it was something yeah. like, you know, yeah, it's like, come on. And uh, <laughs> it's but, crazy. Um, but there's it, a, it there are highlights there. I mean, uh, you know, watching these couples do their thing, it's uh, it, it really is a thing of beauty. Madison and Zachary, and but but let's move on a little bit because um, yeah. Um, hey, did you notice that the accounting firm for the Trump the Trump organization has uh, put out a statement that says uh, we're done and not only are we done we can no longer stand behind the prior 10 years of financial data that we've put out on this company yeah the accountants said to trump one two three you're fired (laughs) (laughs) yes i've heard that phrase before it goes both ways doesn't it right it sure does and yeah and apparently they have like like hundreds of thousands of documents. Mm. They've been with him for years and they can't do it anymore. And I I mean, you and I have talked before about people that have to tape things together that have been torn up. But how about just this staggering document dump and how would you like to be oh my people gosh. sitting <laughs> reviewing them oh. and you know i think this has been a strategy for a long time for our former president um is is you just you hold off you hold off you file a lawsuit a countersuit you know you do everything you can to delay you know and then once you've you just lost over and over again i mean all the way up to the supreme court then, okay, well, the next thing we'll do then is we'll deliver a hundred boxes full of paper that are totally unorganized and in disarray. And, you know, good luck finding something in there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That, that is the strategy, but, but honestly, doesn't it seem like now it's, it used to be that like we all knew he was a crook and revelations sort of dribbled out and now it's like an avalanche it's just i mean more and more every every day and you wonder you know where is all this going but clearly uh it's uh not going anywhere good for the guy well it's it's, yeah go ahead 
No, just and he is losing some some Republicans. I There's think so. No, I think yeah. so. I think between this and what we said last time about uh, okay, if I get reelected, I'm going to pardon all the January six guys. I, right. you, you know, even even Trump loyalists are are going to say, you know what, this is a bridge too far. I can't do this. Exactly. So, so I think you're right. I think there are some who are ready to think new thoughts about all this. I, I think so too. And here here's the thing. And I think for people of faith, you, you I mean this this has to mean something. Someone called him a generational criminal, mm. and apparently mm. his I believe it was his grandfather was. Uh, like booted out of Bavaria for being a bad dude. And I'm uh, not I sure think, exactly. I think I remember this. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. And so he, he came to America and then Fred. And then, of course, uh, we have Fred. Fred, who who was absolutely like the worst person. Not a in, paragon in of virtue. No, no. He was racist. He was cruel. He was greedy. He was a lousy father, and uh, but so Trump has this terrible, evil criminal blood and 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 this criminality in his genes. But yeah, that that term generational criminal think, it's, isn't it's this positively like biblical? biblical? Isn't this like biblical? Yeah, it, it really it really I think it's is. in there. It's in there. It it really is. And so the the degree of cor- just total rotten stinking moral corruption it it just feels like this terrible I mean talk about a disease or a tumor or something that has to be removed for this nation to be healthy. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I got to say one more thing, but before we move on to the more uh, positive hope that that maybe we're going to see some changed minds and changed hearts, but you know, it it just really bothers has bothered me from the beginning. This this uh, this strategy that it it goes something like this: um, um, we know that um, that Donald Trump is a, a liar. We know that. But his his defense is no, you're the liar. Right. We we know he's a cheat. No, you're the cheat. You know we know we know he is. You know fidelity for him is not even in the you know not even on the radar. But if somebody accuses him of adultery, no, you're the adulterer. Yeah. And he, I mean, yeah. he doesn't have to come up with any evidence. Or, or, uh, uh, but that's that's just the knee jerk reaction, and then you know we file so- lawsuits and we, but you know what? I kind of think it's finally catching up. I've said that before, <laughs> and been disappointed. I yes. know, but I, but I, it just, and also the big difference is he is no longer, thank God, president. A lot of the things that happened when he was president that makes a Big, big, big difference. He doesn't have magical right. powers or the resources. Oh, uh, you know, and I he, mean, the guy's and, broke. Yes, yeah. and it, he's been cut off from all the social media. I mean, he's trying. Right. He's trying, 
But I had to say one more thing. We know Trump is a, a racist, but his defense, yeah. you're the racist. You right. are the racist. Well, and here's the thing. He keeps repeating these things, just like some of these other Republican talking points. Mm. And they repeat and repeat and repeat. And if you say these things enough, people start to believe them. And we can laugh about it and feel scornful about it. But there is much more talk of Democrats, especially in this midterm year, giving them a taste of their own medicine. Again, simple phrases that you repeat and repeat because you have people out there saying, like people getting pulled out there saying Republicans are better on the economy. The Republicans are better with COVID. The Republicans are better at running things. Well, both feathers. <laughs> and and good, so good phrase. Good phrase. Yeah. And so these narratives we have to counter them, especially yes. because in especially inflation, because I, I keep saying inflation is something that everyone sees. Like not everybody is looking for a job, not everybody is in the stock market, but everybody pays for stuff. Yes. And, you know, I'm just looking at the clock. We both need to move on here. This, this has just been so good. I love it when we go, both get fired up like this. But, you know, I, just a couple more things. I, 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 I do, these are, um, we're kind of at a crossroads. These are troubled times. We got a warning from Ken Burns, who I think yeah, is an American yeah. treasure. Uh, I agree with you. You know, there's yeah. a big variety article of, all about him, and he, he he just has so much insight, and he loves this country. He has contributed so much to us understanding our history, uh, for us to understand what we have in common as a nation, for the ideals that 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 uh, that guide us and energize us. He's just a master at all of that in the uh, the documentaries that he's produced. But he did say, you know what? I'm afraid. I'm scared for America's future. And wow. uh, I even pulled out yeah. a little quote from the article. He said, America is facing the greatest threat it ever has, period, full stop. He says, COVID and the unique set of political problems we are dealing with have made it the fourth great crisis. The others are, one, the Civil War, two, the Depression, and three, World War II. And um, I think that's a warning we need to heed. Because that's, yeah. Go ahead. No, just that's, that's scary stuff because the man knows his history and he's, I think he's very wise. And I don't think he's one for hyperbole. So I pay attention to that. And I guess... Ken, um, talking about the other Ken, I, I think the thing that concerns me is not just are we as a country, but right now is Biden mm. as the president and the leader of the good guys, is he up to dealing with such a crisis? He was elected to make things more or less normal and in many ways he has and 
I'll I'll just say right now, I think there is somebody in Washington <laughs> that has the strength and the smarts and the I think I know who you're thinking and the, of. And the historical context. Yes. And that just the, the and also Go ahead and name him. And and also the eloquence. There you the go. Eloquence there you go. to to lead America. Can you imagine Secretary Pete giving a fireside chat mm. the way FDR did during the darkest days of the Depression? Which by the way, real quick, I just read the most wonderful book about him, FDR, and his lady oh. love, Lucy Mercer. Oh. And I haven't told you about this, wow. but I found it in a little, you know what a little free library is. Those Sweet, yes. Kiosks, and yes. I found it, and I just saw this book spine out. It said Lucy, which is the <laughs> name, name of my grandbaby. Good name. And I and I and I took it out. I saw what it was about, and I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. I took it home. I couldn't put it down. Mm, nice. It, I would, and it because it's um, written as a novel from. Her yes, point. I think I've heard about this book. I have heard about this. This is really interesting. Okay. It's so interesting because, uh, yeah, it shows you that the life that women had, uh, especially in the early part of the 20th century, and yet she was smart and she had, she was romantic and she understood FDR in a way that Eleanor did not. Mm. And, and, mm. and that's, that's, you know, in the historical record, but th this author named, uh, I'll credit her name is Ellen Feldman. It's, it's sitting here on my coffee table and I'm picky about books. <laughs> I've said that before. I'm not somebody that always, I'm not like you who is always reading at least one or two books. But <laughs> so when I find something, it really, and, and so, and anyway, it, I love it, that. You know, what I'm what I'm hearing too is that this is a a, a different perspective on FDR. You know, I mean, I mean, people oh, yeah. might be thinking about the you know the implications of this relationship, but she had a unique perspective on his leadership and on the issues that he faced. And um, and it's an yeah. and it's a perspective that has never really been uh, been explored. Right, and she was very politically aware, and uh, yeah, and so I, I, I don't, I mean, we all know how it comes out, but there were things I didn't know, hmm. uh, and uh, if you read the book, uh, you'll, you, just times when she was with him and times when she wasn't, and of course, uh the uh, the author beautifully weaves in just a lot of what was going on during the time which goes from like World War One to the end of World War Two, and uh, so yes, highly highly recommend. Nice. Well, we got to wrap this up. I'm going to just uh, throw in one more little insight. It was really interesting. It came from the Daily. And the New York Times had a reporter in the Ukraine, and we're all focused on that right now because that's another hot spot around the world. Oh, <clears> and yeah. we're all watching and listening. But this, yeah. this reporter, he's in the middle of the Ukraine, and he decides he's going to go out and talk to some ice fishermen. You know about ice fishing? 
You know these guys? Yeah, with the little shacks. And, yeah. yeah, they go yeah. out there on the solid ice, drill a hole, and, right. and spend the day right. fishing, you know, pulling out tonight's dinner. And uh, and he finds this guy. The first one he talked to wouldn't wouldn't uh, talk politics, but he did find a guy who was a little more talkative. And <clears throat> and he goes, uh, the, the reporter says, yeah, I'm from the New York Times. I just want to just get your views. I want to hear what you're thinking. And he said, fine. And to begin with, he uh, began to speak nostalgically about Russia and what he remembers. And apparently he grew up there. Um, and he has uh, warm feelings and great memories, which, uh, which made the reporter assume that he must be like pro-Putin. Right, right. But then he said, well, you know, uh, the Russia is now uh, basically has the entire nation surrounded with arms and, and yeah. troops and rockets and bombs and tanks. Um, how do you feel about, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen if he invades? And the first thing this guy says, our people will fight. Our people oh. will fight to the death. Wow. And th th that was the first surprise for the journalist. But the second one was uh, when he went on to say, you know what? Ukraine will never be part of Russia. Our dream is to be a part of NATO. Which really surprised the journalist, and frankly, it surprised me a little bit too. Just to, just to be to think in terms of those categories. Okay, which is it that we want? Do we want the autocrat, the the kleptocracy, to run our country, or do we want to be part of a free democracy and and be able to enter into free markets and to have status of, of being on the European side of this equation as opposed to this? autocratic Russian side. And he right, because the, the Russian economy is is terrible, and you have these oligarchs who just are kind of thieving from the treasury. And and didn't you say Putin is one of the richest men in the he world? Is. He I, that's, is. That's not widely known. No, there's a great book. Wow. It's called Blowout by Rachel Maddow. That oh. in in which she talks about how when the you know when uh, the Russia when Russia collapsed, um, the the entire economy was up for grabs. And what happened is these oligarchs went in and ended yeah. up buying yeah. up all of the um, you know the oil refineries and and the companies and the transportation companies at, at a you know at pennies on the dollar. Right, right, exactly. and and uh, and then uh, and and Putin did the same thing, and he is he is considered to be one of the richest men in Amer in the world. Oh, because and wow. and he's and he's controlling all this. Yeah, and and also uh, okay, because and uh, and I know, I know we got to wrap up, but something I read just tonight, just about uh, Ukraine's like mineral resources and agricultural resources and the the richness of the land itself and uh, just the technical advancement of the people it it's quite an amazing country and of course being american we don't know a lot about places that we haven't heard much about but if you lay the country of ukraine over europe it's about as big as 
as at least all of Western Europe. It's a big place. Yes, and this is where uh, President Biden and his team have been strong. You know, you know what? They Carla? have been. Yeah, I give them yes. credit. Yes, we got to wrap this up. But you know what, Carla? Yep. This has just been an. <laughs> I have too much fun. I lose track of time. We get caught up in this thing, don't we? Yes, we we do. I maybe it maybe because we're both sort of secretly night owls. I mean, I know I am. So look out. <laughs> Good for you. Well, listen, there will be more to talk about next week. Let's make sure that we that we connect again. And you just you just uh, be careful out there on that ice. I know I don't have to say that, but I'm glad you're okay. But you just take care and uh, and 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 Grandma Carla, you love that little little girl, Lucy. Oh, she's she's the best. All right. Well, give my love to your bride, and uh, we will talk next week. Let's do it. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Ah, yes. Thanks so much, Carla. Yeah, we do have lots of reasons to be concerned. We've also got reason to be hopeful, too. And what a shocker that you picked up a book on that table entitled Lucy. That got your attention and got you into a great read. Thanks, Carla. We'll see you next week. All right, then. That's a wrap for Season 3, Episode Number 13, and Beach Talk Number 72. So glad you joined us for that talk about Cooper, Cup, Snoop Dogg, Ken Burns, and ice fishing on the Ukraine. Again, if you're with us for the first time, come on by our website. Check us out. Say hello. TheBeachWhiteMail.com. You'll learn all about us there. And you'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Twitter at BeachMail. We're on all your podcast platforms. All you need to do is a search, Beached White Mail, and we'll come up. And when you get there, subscribe. You'll find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Overcast, all of them. And we hope you become a regular listener. Shout out to our patrons. We're so grateful. And if you like what we do and you want to be a part, check out patreon.com forward slash Beached White Mail, and you'll learn all about it. Hey, I got two new interviews that I'm working on that we're going to be posting soon. One of them is with Dr. Peter Enns. We had a great conversation about his life and work. If you don't know who he is, you're going to find out and you're going to be glad you did. Hey, I want to say thank you to Ben Sound for our soundtrack today and also to Sergio Mella for that great rendition of Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Keep your eye on that podcast feed. Look for the alert of a new podcast posting. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. So until then, this is Ken Kemp, the beached white male, saying, Stay strong, keep healthy, wear that mask, and stay curious. Bye-bye. <laughs>